0: sound check. Oh, Gruskin, will you sing into the mic? I don't want to have to keep pointing to myself. Is there a center position we can agree on? Well, if the mic goes tumbling down that's for hard. you, because a lot of
1: money would be in the toilet down there. now. Welcome to. Hey, great shot! This is the Great Shot Podcast, brought to you by Cracked Rackets. My name is Alex Gruskin, and joining me on today's podcast, as he always does, it's my doubles partner, partner in crime, and the thirty-fourth placed member of the Cracked Rackets Turnetopia Pool, Maxwell Bauer Rothman, Maxie. Hey,
2: great shot! Well, at least you got it right this time. This is take two for those who don't know. We've got some technical difficulties out there in the Midwest in deep Michigan. But uh, thanks for having me, and I don't even know if you should be saying thanks for having me. I'm just glad to be here.
1: I don't know uh, if—I'm just going to let that shot on the Midwest slide, but— I don't know if that's the tone. It's, an, it's, a, it's a harsh early tone. I guess that makes up for this fourth round because it was a harsh fourth round. So that does make sense. But also yeah, right? joining us in the booth today, another mistake I will not make on turn number two. It is our super producer, Ivy League champion, and full-time chemist, Maximilian O'Fliegner. Max,
0: hey, great shot. Alex, I just want to apologize for all these uh, technical difficulties right now. Um, I'm, I'm better than that. What can I say? <laughs>
2: <laughs> it, it is all your fault. I mean, it's not all his fault,
1: but it is. I, I'm gonna blame uh, paparazzi West stuff as well. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, but yeah, I, again, if there's any static in this audio, we apologize. We have had a little bit of technical difficulties. That's why Rothman already looks like we've recorded for an hour and a half. But I also think he's soft. So I'm, I'm, I'm. No, nah, I trust you to power on through. I think we've got a good podcast. Soft
2: as head. Charmin.
1: that's a good thing i'm down for that that's a comfy soft uh but yeah so uh, a couple of things you know a little housekeeping before we begin as i've mentioned all week if you have missed any of the action from this u.s open if you want to catch up you know round one round two round three all the top matches some of the funniest incidents oh round four now as well you know our team at crack rackets has done a wonderful job at our website and max what's the address for that website
2: that is a CrackedRackets.com, the Cracked with a CK, and the Rackets with a CQ.
1: Oh, I like it. A little variation never hurt anybody. And As we've been saying, just send it for your homepage. You don't want to miss anything. You wake up in the morning, you check, you know, you're taking your morning sh**, and you can just read through our Cracked Rackets content. It's it's very good pooping material. You've got uh, Alex Gornett, who's r- written about Richard Gasquet's hair choices. Alex, I,
2: I don't think people take as many poops as we do. I think that's... <laughs> Uh, that that might just be a us thing.
1: This podcast started as a conversation while sh**, and it's
2: just evolved into a podcast. That's said. that is true. We already we already made a Charmin Ultra Soft joke <laughs> on here today. And... That's
1: the theme of this round is that it was sh**. Uh, but yeah, again, Alex Gornett about Ryan Gasquet's hair. Anna Bright, who wrote a wonderful piece about Naomi Osaka, uh, a a match we watched uh, earlier today. Roth and Osaka looked great. So if you want to learn more about her, go check that out. And of course, Matt Sekowiak trying to instigate us in article form, talking about how the big three are going to have a little more staying power. People like me who have fed fatigue or just want to see new blood win. Might have to be a little bit of patient, but again, those guys: Parsa Namadi, Ryan Cardiff, Jamie McDonald, Beau Trays. The whole team at Crack Rackets has been trying to bring you the best coverage as po- you know, the best coverage we can, and we hope you guys will go check that out. Of course, also go check out our social media accounts: Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, YouTube. You know, all of our great content on there. Again, we launched the CR Live, a live platform, video platform. We've gotten to interview some Welcome great to,
2: players. to the CR Live. And unfortunately,
1: Sorry. his run as Max Rothman interviewee ended last night, so the, the blessing of Rothman turns out is not real. That's good that that myth. 6-1 myth, still possible. Max Rothman myth, scientifically disproven. Um, and then, you know, last but not Just,
2: least... After one trial? Come <laughs> on,
1: man. That's true. I mean, Kudla also lost. Uh, Klon. I'm, I'm blaming all of these on you, by the way, not on anyone they played. It was simply because they had to interact with you. Yeah, that's fair. Yeah. And again, if you haven't yet, go subscribe, listen, rate, review the Great Shout Podcast, as well as our other podcast, the Cracked Interviews Podcast. So many great guests. We've had Ronnie Schneider, the Wolves, the Diaz's. You've heard all of the guests if you've been listening along this week. So, you know, what are you waiting for? Just go sign up already so I can stop doing this plug at the beginning of pods. And last but not least, we've been building this up. We are one week away, less than that now. From our first live show in Indianapolis, Rothman, we will be live streaming both before and during the U.S. Open men's singles final, giving our takes side by side in case, you know, like you, Rothman, you're sick of the commentary already, so we think you will really enjoy that event.
2: Yeah, Alex, I mean, obviously I've, I've ripped on my fair share of commentators, and hopefully we can provide you some more fun, upbeat, less serious commentating on this final match. Uh, kind of our unfiltered thoughts, although you kind of get those already on this podcast, but it uh, should be a good time. We we got a little trial run at the Stowe Mountain Valley Classic, and uh, hopefully we can sharpen up our commentating skills and bring you some, well, some uh, fun. Hopefully, and, hopefully you oh, sharpen up because, off it's, like that?
1: Yeah, because it's the Stowe Mountain Lodge Classic. I don't know what valley you're in, but yeah hopefully they it is isn't
2: it i'm pretty sure it's played in stone mountain valley that is uh, where it
1: is whatever you have to say to cover yourself but it, i agree definitely. it is a valley look there will be a lot We're of good live two errors mountains. during the live show as well you're going to catch me swearing there will be no quacking so i'm sure you'll enjoy that uh it's going to be a ton of fun and I, our guest list by the time this podcast is out may be released we'll tease by saying this some fun guests lined up certainly
2: that's your teaser. You couldn't even say like, "Oh, there's a coach and a player." Yeah. Just it's fun. Uh,
1: <laughs> Scanny Miaz maybe on the coach, or maybe on maybe on the coach, maybe on the show. So, uh, again, a lot of good guys. Some of your crack Rackets favorites. Uh, they, they will be there. So be sure to check that out. But okay, with that, Rothman, let's get into what we've been calling round or our our daily recaps. But we're actually going to use this podcast more as a quarterfinal preview, because to be honest, round four sucked.
2: Yeah, and so to set the scene, you know, we're only going to talk about the the one five-set match between Johnny and Ranich, but the other matches were all, you know, three sets or four sets. Fed hasn't played quite yet, and I'm going to assume that he's about to roll through Millman here. But overall, just kind of boring matches. Most of the seeds kind of took care of business. Yeah, TM kind of kind of took his way through anderson and anyways just if you if you had to miss a round of the u.s open this was the round to miss the next round the quarterfinals is going to be fantastic tennis hopefully although that is what we thought for this round Uh, but why don't we just jump into the one match that we did enjoy watching well i do want uh, to say again
1: just just to recap five three set matches the one four set match was nadal we'll talk about all those a little bit later but yeah i mean not the best of tennis. I agree with you. It's short. We only have one recap to get to, um, dude. What? It's
2: funny. That, it's funny that we're recapping this because this is the one match where you were like, "We're not going to talk about it. It's going to be a classic big serve, nothing match," and now we're talking about it.
1: Yeah, I, I agree with you. And the match we're referring to, it John Isner, number eleven seed, takes out Milos Raonic, the number twenty five seed, three six six three six four three six six two. Yeah, the match was five sets, but in reality, it was, what like two and a half. I think it was a three-hour replay on ESPN, but you can fast-forward when you watch it on your laptop. So I got to just skip ahead to all the serves. Maybe forty-five minutes of live action total. I mean, look, I'm not, I'm not I trying to say sh- though, on Isner. I'm just saying not the most action-packed. You know, each
2: point, not a lot of variation per point. No, but what I will say is that compared to their previous matchups where nine of their 13 sets were tie breaks. None of these were tie breaks. I mean, if you look at the the stats, Isner had 15 break point opportunities. Unfortunately, he only converted four. Rejnic had six break point opportunities and converted two. So, I mean, a a little more, you know, breaking and kind of close games in this one, I guess you can say. Uh, Hold on.
1: I guess so. Isner 15, but Raonic only two breaks in five sets. I mean, again, if you wanted to fast forward through this match, you know, okay, Raonic won two sets. Those are the two sets he gets his two breaks. I know Isner's going to get the breaks in the other set. It, It was very straightforward watching. As you mentioned, you know, the stats... Kind of reflect a high level play. You talk about their winner to unforced error ratio Isner 56 to 25, Raonic 47 to 19. It was pretty because, big differentials. Yeah, but it was because these guys couldn't get to the balls of their opponent. Like they could not get to each other's <laughs> shots. It was just, oh, like I got to serve deep into your body and you hit a short ball and I'm either hitting a short volley by the way or first forehand. Or it was. It's would one be, two punches. Yeah. Uh, the other thing, so in terms of, again, you talk about the stats. First serve percentage, 58% for Isner, has to be better moving forward, especially as he plays Del Potro. 66% for Raonic, pretty good. First serve win percentage, 86% Isner, 79% Raonic. Those numbers are elite. But the the big thing I want to point to, the second serve win percentage Isner, 57%, not great for him. It's honestly fine. But for Raonic to be held to only 50% when he's averaging 100 miles per hour on the second serve, I think the thing Isner did best in this match and the thing I'm most encouraged about moving forward is that he's starting to take returns a little bit earlier. He's starting to hit them inside of the baseline, take time away. That works particularly well against a guy like Raonic. But I just think that will benefit his game throughout this tournament.
2: I mean, Alex. How many times have we talked about the necessity of Isner being aggressive on second serves? When you're holding the majority second serve returns, of your ser-
1: right? Second serve returns.
2: Yeah, yeah. Second serve returns. Excuse me. When you're holding the majority of your service games, it makes no sense to me to not just try and attack almost every single second serve you get. If you mess up four games of second serve returns, but you get one game where you, you know, clock a few down the line, I mean, there's your break. There's your set. Um, so, yeah, I mean, it, it definitely was encouraging. It's just, to me, the kind of thing where, like, you, I almost would just expect it at this point, uh, but a lot of times we don't get it.
1: Well, the other, the other thing, thing that, thing that I, know, well, just, I I think
2: we're about to agree
1: on this. The thing that you have to be encouraged by from Isner, 29 of 36 at the net,
2: 81%. That is a solid conversion rate. It is, it is. I, I was definitely impressed by that. The thing that I was actually going to bring up, I was just going to say that was laughable, is if you look at the total distance covered, they're both under eight thousand feet, and that's purely because one step from these guys is like five Diminauer steps. But yeah. literally, Diminauer covered like three times as much court as these okay. two in this match, I, which is I, just I, hilarious.
1: I don't mean to say that uh, I have. I can't let this go. Just because it's one Isner
2: step is bigger than three
1: Diminauer steps doesn't mean it's not.
2: Covering I know it's the, the, the sa- same distance. I know, <laughs> sorry, it's it's not about covering the same distance. But think about how much more effort and energy Diminauer had to put in for the amount that he covered. I guess that I was know, more I, important.
1: I, I know your point. I'm just saying, hey, great shot. Yeah, both of it these is- guys are less than half of Nadal and Dimonur. Uh, and like Hachanov. It's unbelievable. And I mean, like I said, this was a quick match to watch. The things I liked from Raonic, his forehand is genuinely good. Like he can step around it. He can hit it a little bit on the run if he can actually get to the ball. Uh, The backhand is not good. Uh, he slices way too often he can get jammed and that's the side isner kept turning to but still rayonich is clearly returning to form and again for john we ripped on him a couple podcasts ago we called him and (laughs) gimelstab losers and like we were joking around obviously we like to have fun obviously we he's my greensboro boy so my point is they bring in energy to the court, and it is contagious. You could tell the crowd was into the match. They loved Isner. I mean, I would have been pissed. Right, if and I they was never to... love Isner. They like they. That was back in the day. They complained that the crowd was cheering for
2: Monfis more, and he's going to need that I against know. Del Potro so badly. Uh, of course, and, and look, I, I was ripping on him for his fist pumps because I, I will. I funny. think he's, he's still six ten and gangly. I know, and he's giving a few too many fist pumps and but look, the crowd loves it. If if that's what it takes, I mean look, the you and I give a high five after every point and I'm sure people are like, Holy, shit, stop. And even the announcers made a comment during, on that during our championship match. So yeah, you know, everyone's got their quirks and Isner, love you, buddy. Keep doing what you're doing. My uh my
1: college roommate Michael Azaparty, who you know well, he watched that replay, and his go-to was, "Oh, these re- these commentators make it sound like you two are," f-. and I was like, "Yeah, I mean, I don't know. It, it was we make sweet sexual magic out there on the court. It's not my fault.
2: I mean, they all got to see it live. So We're like, in lockstep. There's, no hi- there's no movement. hiding it.
1: It's like a good make love session. You got everything's got to be, you know, flowing and." Ugh.
2: I'm just I'm dancing right, now. Is, you can see me. Is, in is this. the topic of this podcast slowly changing to <laughs> sexual advice? I hope not. <laughs> no, no. It,
0: it's a pet because you definitely don't have
2: <laughs> advice for everyone. Please like are leave it in.
1: Um, yeah, that was an ironic, by the way, statement as well, given the topic. But moving on. Yeah, I mean, from this match.
2: Ironic. Oh, okay. <laughs>
1: from this match, what what else is there to say? I mean, in terms of John Isner the forehand is the side he likes to attack with. Again, he is more comfortable coming forward to the net now than he has ever been. 15 break points against a guy like Rayonish. That's a good look. Also, a number, you know, we were giving a lot of sh- throughout the week to this stat, but the double faults for these guys to ace ratio or I'm going to switch those number, but 20 aces to one double fault for Isner, that's what you're looking for, Rothman. Even 18 to 5 from Rayonish is pretty good.
2: Yeah, that that's fine. I mean, 20 aces is a lot i'm not expecting people to hit that many aces that's obviously very much an isner statistic uh but yeah the the one to five aces i mean excuse me but yeah the one to five double faults that's where it should be at
1: yeah completely agree with you and i mean we can leave that discussion there good win for john you know wait to back up that result at wimbledon with this type of win get to this i think first u.s open quarterfinal um uh, you know, if he can pull off a shocker, Fligner said he's never coming out on a podcast again, but I would be quite <laughs> enthralled. It would be very entertaining to me to see John Insner keep going on a run. I think the crowd would
2: love it. I mean, that's just because you have him going that far in your turnitopia. That's You would be saying I, I will lock
1: in that pick, and I'm perfectly happy with that. Way to go, John. But okay, on that note, let's talk about the other results. Again, all but one match has finished so far. That's Federer, Millman, and... You know, we may be being facetious, but we think is going to cruise pretty comfortably. So not, not too sad that we're going to skip that result. But in terms of the other ones, Nadal does drop a set, but ends up moving on to the quarterfinals against Bachelish who he takes out 6-3, 6-3, 6-3 6-7, 6-4. Uh, Rothman, I know you got to see Nadal today on TV. Uh, you, you said there was something interesting about an ice fest.
2: Yeah, I mean, so they actually brought Nadal into the interview set after a little practice he had going, and they, they were asking him a few questions about his upcoming match because he is about to play team, and uh, they never played on hard court, so they were asking him you know, just kind of about the environment at the U.S. Open and how the heat's been a factor, um, and he, they showed him wearing a Nike ice vest. So obviously on court you see these guys with these big towels with ice wrapped in them that they put around their neck, but this thing literally looks like a vest, like a your your ve- Patagonia vest, just filled with ice. But it Patagonia did seem kind of. I mean, that was my go-to. You know, come on. <laughs> um, but yeah, it, it looks pretty interesting, and and it looked thin. It didn't look like it was you know overwhelmingly heavy. It's a it's an interesting article of clothing, if that's what you want to call it. I don't know. It's, it's a cool invention. I think if it's. Ninety-five degrees, and you can afford to buy an ice vest. Go for it.
1: Yeah, well, I think that's a perfect segue because if you're wearing that ice vest on the court, it's certainly to drip everywhere. S- talking about dripping, <laughs> the next match we'll talk about number three seed Juan Martín Del Potro six four six three six one domination of number thirty seed. Although I think that should be a twenty, and that's a typo on my bad. So my bad, Rafa. But number twenty seed Borna. Jeez, that's why uh, I should do him. Yeah, exactly. Uh, but. The biggest takeaway from this match, not anything tennis wise so it's the first set. George goes down an early break, fights back, he's down four five, serving to stay in the set, and I mean it was humid as these <laughs> guys are schwitzing like crazy, and schitzen yeah, you like that, <laughs> and George is dripping just the same way I would disgustingly drip all over the court he's dripping all over and you know, it's his own sweat, so like, what the f- <laughs> is he gonna do? Nothing. It's sweat. Like, there's literally nothing you can do because it is your own bodily fluid, and yet he starts complaining to the to the umpire. He's like, "Why isn't a ball boy towelling this off? What? It's distracting me." He's distracted by his own sweat. Like, I, yeah, that is I, I, to absurd. me absurd. But to you, isn't that evidence he was a little tight and like that? Like, I I'm not trying to be disrespectful to Borna, but when you let something like that get in your head, it's you know. Del Potro's got the huge Argentinian crowd behind him, contingencies all throughout the stadium, and to me, this was just George's nervousness manifesting itself or frustration. Yeah,
2: I, I wouldn't. Even, yeah, I was gonna say, I wouldn't even say it's nerves as much as it is just looking for anything to kind of justify the the way the match was going. I honestly thought the the thing he was gonna say was the sweat is potentially a hazard because no, it that's what he was claiming. Him-
1: but like, it's your own f- sweat.
2: Yeah, uh, I mean, if you're sweating enough that it's a hazard to yourself, that's your own good fault. Good for it out. you. Good for you. Uh, I, thought that, I, I, mean, I, I guess good for you? <laughs> I, don't, I don't know if that's a good thing.
1: I mean, I'll say this. At least he got a workout in because that was about the only benefit of that match. Del Potro cruised. A little disappointing from George. He just didn't have any way of yeah. hurting Del po, It requires such discipline. And yeah, you know, George, I think, injured his hamstring during the match, which was a factor because... He is quite the athlete and moves really well when he's playing at his best. But just Delpo, the serve, the forehand. He's hitting
2: through backhands more than ever before. He looks good. Again, we we like to, I feel like, give um, some leeway to the losers for a variety of reasons. But you also got to give credit to Delpo. He's playing great right now. Yeah, Delpo,
1: like I said early on. I'm confident in my Delpo pick for the title. I think I mean he,
2: didn't I say Delpo was winning the US Open a few months uh, ago? You
1: don't get to do that. You don't get to backtrack to your Wimbledon pick that I had to remind you of as you were coming into this oh, open. Please. Uh,
2: please.
1: Uh, you know I wanted him. We'll have to agree. Even though that. I
2: have Djokovic winning in my turnotopia.
1: <laughs> a quick side conversation, which would you prefer? An adult and Flinger, I'm gonna want you to comment on this as well, but Rothman, you go first a Federer-Nadal
2: final or a Djokovic-Delpo final? Easy, Djokovic-Delpo. I, I love watching Djokovic play defense against Delpo's huge shots. It's just so I fun.
1: It's so pleasing. Fligner, what about you?
0: I mean, He's how can you not fed. say uh, Federer-Nadal? They've never played at the US Open. <laughs> they have never played at the US uh, Open. I knew that was coming. They have never played at the that's an
1: interesting factoid. That's something I, I that would be an interesting sight. Really, if never played there. Yeah, that's what fliegner's saying. So I no way he he would know that stat. Um, that's interesting. That doesn't change my perspective. I agree. Djokovic Delpo. I went on tourneytopia We get to watch the most entertaining tennis. It's probably the two guys who have played the highest level individually this year. Uh, <clears throat> I'm all in on that take. All right, but let's move on. Speaking of him, Novak Djokovic, our number six seed. Rox, Jao Sammy Sosa, six four six four six three. Rothman, did you see the nickname I snuck in there?
2: Yeah, it's uh... uh Do you think BG
1: would it, be proud? It were, it, if, if you tweeted that to BG and you're like, what'd you think of Djokovic's
2: performance against Slam and Sammy Sosa? Yeah, yeah, it literally would end up in his very next comment.
1: Yeah, I, he would be like, red card because, Fligner, you're cheesy
2: as hell uh no because he- his acronyms and you know nicknames are not good considering one that i heard recently when he was commentating was oh i had it on the top of my head didn't i say oh yeah one that he said recently was Nishi Kori is displaying a case of tmg too much game what <laughs> kind of trash <laughs> that's why, I, that,
1: that's why i'm that. acronym like that phrase in a nutshell
2: is why i hate them uh yeah like I, who's listening to that and saying like oh nice yeah oh Ooh, man that's, that's a good he's one he's got that tmg rothman chill me out i've got tmg just too much game <laughs> well he'll be laughing at us in like a year when people are on court like oh my god that guy's got tmg
1: Oh <laughs> uh, it sounds like a drug. It's like you should probably be tested for It does. TMG. Yeah, I'm I'm I don't know how I feel about that. Um but yeah, in in terms of our other results, a guy with way TMG, Marin Chilich, the number seven seed, takes out David Gofan, the number ten seed, seven six, six two, six four. Oh, Rothman, do you think Chilich's eyebrows are so thick because he's got so much TMG? <laughs> I mean
2: that, that can't be the good. case because I here, deserve a laugh Your eyebrows that, right? <laughs> I, I, no, I, it, eh. but I was gonna say it can't be the case because your eyebrows are that thick, and you definitely don't have TNG. <laughs> you have TLG, my guy.
1: Two, Too little game. Too light years ahead game. I don't know. That was <laughs> no, best try. Yeah, thank you. We'll move on. Uh, Dominic team, the number nine seed in probably the blockbuster match of the round, makes work of a, a tired Kevin Anderson, seven five six two seven six. To me, that was the biggest thing, is Anderson just too much exertion in his first couple of rounds, got tested a couple of times, obviously most recently by Shapovalov. He just didn't have it in his legs to
2: hold on to the action in the team ball. Yeah, not at all. I mean, I, I definitely would have put money on team in this match. He's He was looking good. Um, Anderson obviously has had some tough matches coming into this, and... Uh, yeah it, it was kind of it's hard to say it was a routine match considering you know there were two seven five seven six the, those two sets were tight uh but at the same time team definitely did control the match so good for him
1: i completely agree with you for anderson he's gonna lose a lot of points from that u.s open final so it'll be interesting to see where he ends up in the ring he's probably still top 10 yeah. but you know for his year-end prospects that'll be tough um and then our last match that is completed so far kane Nishikori, the number 21 seed Knocks out Philip Kohlschreiber of the Philip Kohlschreiber quarter of the draw six three six two seven five. K looked good, man. He looks good. I, I think it's gonna be really fun say, to watch he, him play Chilich.
2: One hundred percent. This this was a routine match, uh, really until that third set. Kohlschreiber honestly almost gave him a run for his money at the end, breaking back at four five. Uh, I thought K was starting to get a little tight that we might get a fourth set. Uh, but no, he he looked good. He he fought back and and got the break at five six. So good for him. I completely
1: agree with you. No I, just ended,
2: I just ended the same way twice. I can't do that.
1: <laughs> yeah, that's fine. Well, I completely agree with you on that match. Uh, g- good result from him. And again, we both think Federer is going to cruise tonight over Milman. Uh, okay, with that, we're going to change the order of today's podcast. You know, normally we would bring you the changeover chat with our three winners, three losers, and then the match previews. But we want to spend a little bit more time breaking down the match previews and in honor of the changeup, up Fligner, I know you've been working on some new tracks give me a preview sound effect please so Max, let's talk about these four quarterfinal matches, again these are all great matches, this round will make up for anything round four lacked, although I will say, and this is a little sneak ahead to my losers, the biggest disappointment people who had Labor Day off and finally got to watch tennis and had to watch this round instead
2: of round three, I'd be so pissed I know i gotta say i was i was one of those people who was like yes yeah, so i've got some time to to watch the matches and then i was like "Ah, oh, sh- i have yeah. to watch these matches <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah like oh, my whole thought for Chillage go fan was like oh please don't go more than three sets like i want to do
2: previews i don't want to have to talk about you uh yeah. but uh- yeah i was actually i was working out when i was watching the match and some guy when i was working out said he was watching the TV before me and forced me to change the channel to the Red Sox game. And I got to say, I actually wasn't that upset. I was like, yeah, okay. (laughs) Sure,
1: time to watch some baseball. Uh, You weren't watching anyways. We both know it. But again, let's talk about these (laughs) matches. On the top part of the draw, the matches we will see tomorrow. Number one seed Rafael Nadal takes on number nine seed Dominic Team. Some quick stats before we get into it. Career head-to-head, Rafa leads seven-three. Their last match, obviously coming this year when Nadal beat Team in straight sets for the French Open title. This is their first career hardcourt match, and also their first match not on the clay. And then to get to this point, Nadal he's taken out Ferrer, Pospisil, Kachnov, and Basilashvili. Team, he's, you you didn't echo me. You always do the Kachnov, Kachnov. After
2: I, I always get to hear your echo. I, yeah, there was little. Uh there's a little blue jeans static and i actually couldn't hear anything for a second so next time i'll catch you
1: no i appreciate that but then for team again he beats bassett he beats johnson he beats fritz he beats anderson we'll start here Rothman, who had the more impressive journey to this point
2: more impressive
1: Uh, gotta say team right johnson fritz and anderson
2: yeah, I mean, he, he had tougher matches. Um, I, I think I would have liked to have seen a more solid win over Johnson to say it was an impressive run. That's a good point. Uh, the, Ander- the Anderson win is fantastic. That That is honestly where I'd say he he definitely takes the, the crown here. Uh, routing him in three sets regardless of how tired he is for a guy ranked fifth in the world and for the results that he's had recently is just impressive. Um, so, yeah, I mean, you, you got to give it to team. N- Nadal playing Ferrer, his fellow countryman who, um, you know, is relatively old at this point. He up definitely with didn't have too much trouble there. Yeah. Um, Pospisil was I- not a tough match. Kiechnov wasn't that tough of a match. Yeah, I'll Actually, I'll take that back. That was his toughest match. Basilash really had that fluke third set win. Um, yeah, it, I mean, the problem here now is. Is team going to be more tired than Nadal? So that's
1: uh, that was going to be my second question, though. You look at it, probably the single most physical match was the Nadal Kachanov match because just in you know we we talked about the total distance covered in our last pod. That was the highest total between two players, both guys over sixteen thousand. For Vili, that's a four-set match. Nadal probably did not want that to be the case today. So, you know, it was so hot in New York. It continues to be so hot. You want to get on and off the court as fast as possible. But for Team, again, it goes five sets with Johnson, four sets with Fritz. Yeah, it goes straights with Anderson, but how many times have we talked about how worn-down Dominic Team looks at the end of the year? And just you talk about when you play Nadal, it's always a physical match. And the question is, you know, We know how it's going to look. Nadal is going to pepper that team backhand, and the second team switches to a slice, the new Nadal likes to sneak forward, hit that high backhand volley cross court. That's probably going to be the single most frequent pattern we observe on the day. For team, he's got to take time away from Nadal. It's got to be the aggressor. He's got to attack the backhand. Uh, He's got to make a lot of first serves. I don't know. Rothman, give me a pick. Give me your reasoning.
2: So, I mean, the the other thing I want to bring up before I make my pick is team has had to play four relatively different types of players this tournament. Bassett, Johnson, Fritz, and Anderson all play relatively different. They all are big hitters, I will say. Um, but I don't think anyone has nearly the rotation that Nadal gets on his balls. Not maybe to, not the not Johnson forehand? Maybe, yeah. But, but still, I still, he's not I still a lefty. like to Right, and, and I still like to think that you know Nadal's has a little bit more rotation, and he likes to get more height on the ball. Johnson's can be a little bit flatter at times. Um, I I want to give it to Team. I think something that I've now had a lot of conversations about with um, guys who play qualifying matches is that they do feel that there is a lot to say about getting tested early and kind of getting in a groove. And I think that's what the Anderson match showed for Team is that, you know, playing Johnson going five sets, playing Fritz who played fantastic going four sets, really prepared him and has elevated his game. And I think Team's game is, you know, great right now. I think he's feeling it. He's moving well. He's striking the ball well. And so I, I want to give the upper edge to Team here. I, I think Nadal hasn't been tested yet really, besides Kiechnov and. Chinov. I don't know. I, I obviously it's hard to bet against Nadal, but I, I want to say teams had the the better route up to this point that gives him, you know, the advantage in this match coming up.
1: So for me, as always, it comes down to teams got a one handed backhand, and if you're Rafa Nadal, you're a lefty you've been feasting on that your entire career and yes team's got great See, variety when you provide spin i don't think I, you
2: can well I you think can bring that i think the team
1: one-handed backhand absorbs the spin well but still when team gets stretched he's going to turn to the slice and Rafa either a step around that ball and hit another forehand to that side of the court and continue to open up the court Or B, he's going to keep sneaking forward. And I agree. If team can make first serves, if he can take returns early. That slice away, though, out wide on the backhand side, the lefty slice of that one-hander, it's a hard (laughs) f***ing return.
2: Yeah, but Alex, do do you really think that TM's slice and forehand combination are that much inferior to Fed's? Because Fed hits a ton of slices to Nadal and doesn't seem to have that problem where Nadal is just able to pick on it, you know what I mean?
1: I don't. I would disagree. I would say when Nadal wins matches over Fed, that's exactly what he does. And I think their career head to head with Nadal leading twenty three to fifteen. Sorry, I was looking it up. Thus, the pause is a testament to that fact that no matter
2: the one oh, person who can that, get that over that the is Roger so Federer because slice, of Clay Well, of
1: course, clay is a factor. I will also say this slow U.S. Open hard court. It's obviously not clay, but it plays plenty slow. So I don't think the dynamics between these two will be that different.
2: Yeah, that's fair. I I don't know. Look, you you heard my pick. We heard yours. I think the fans know. Real quick, so so
1: I say Rafa and four. What do you say? Ooh, Um, I'm
2: gonna go TM and five
1: all right i love that pick and we will re-examine it later on in the week all right let's move to our other top half match john isner number 11 seed taking on juan martin del potro number three seed their career had to had delpo lead seven four though the last and the last time they played delpo beat isner at the french open round of 16 in straight sets for isner round of 16 at the french semifinals of wimbledon uh quarterfinals at US Open, great end of year for him. And I remember in January when we were talking about him and Jack Sock in the same breath, saying these guys gotta get their together. And credit to Isner because he really has. Uh you again, Career had to head seven four. The last time these guys played it on hard courts though, Isner knocked out a very tired Delpo in the semifinals of Miami, six one seven six. Um You look at their paths to get here, Isnery's taken out Klon, Jerry in five sets, the Deuce, Dusan Lajovic in four sets, Raonic in five sets, Del Potro's gone all straight sets, Young, Kudlov, Verdasco, Chorich. You know, looking at just the names, I actually think Del Potro's had the tougher path. He's just played that well.
2: Yeah, I I was about to agree with you there. I was going to say, I don't think that... uh Isner's route was any easier I mean never doubt You should never doubt the deuce (laughs) You just wanted to say his name again (laughs) But I think this match is going to Follow suit from the French Open I think this is going to be a straight set win For Delpo Isner has had two five setters already He you know Is on a slow court Delpo is returning well Playing well I think he's going to route him in three
1: You say route him in three. Okay, well, I was rude earlier, and I apologize for that. I should have done this beforehand. Max Flinger, your Nadal team pick.
0: Uh, Nadal. I mean, I don't think it's even going to be that close, frankly. team hasn't even been that good on hard court, and, you know, he sometimes takes it to Nadal on clay because I think, you know, team likes to back up and hit a heavy ball. But that, that doesn't really work for him very well in hardcourt. I just don't think he's going to be able to hurt Nadal in any meaningful way. Even given how slow these U.S. Open courts have been, you don't think team that to his advantage? No, no. I mean, because they're only slow relative to other hardcourts. They're not like clay, you know. Yeah,
1: I, I think that's a good When point. are we
0: ever going to get a hot take from Fleegs? I,
1: I don't think it's
2: ever going to we'll, happen.
0: We'll find out on this one. What about your Isner Del Potro take? Well, I mean, I hope Del Potro. I mean, <laughs> Jesus. See – we're
1: never getting a hot take from Feeds. Never. P's, I, I mean. mean, he's hot take immune. He only puts in the sizzles. He never actually dishes them out. Uh, yeah. Uh, <laughs> in in terms of this match, look, when Isner serves well, he's going to be in matches. I think the most ironic part of his win over Rayonich, and I use that word ironic, light. Uh, you know, I don't use it lightly, no tiebreaks. Zero tiebreaks in the set, or in any set. And so, you know, when you play tiebreaker tennis, it just comes down to who's got the bigger balls. And I really think... The X factor in this match is going to be which side does the New York crowd take? Do they root for Isner, who they've been rooting for all week, or do they root for someone who's been their favorite for years, justifiably so? In Juan Martín Del Potro, you think Del this Potre. match
2: is coming down to the crowd?
1: Yes, because I yes, and no, no, no let me explain why. Because
2: <laughs> the margin, on. the <laughs> margins are
1: thin, right? Tactically, it comes down to one thing: Will Isner be able to hold serve? Right. That that's the kicker, because that's the one thing he does better than Del Potro is the serve. And, the, and, and maybe the backhand return because Del Potro has to slice, but I would argue when Del Pocho's locked in, he even does that better. Uh, so it comes down to Isner, you know, keeping his head up, being positive, understanding I might have to play some tie breaks today and just hold serve. And I think it becomes exponentially easier for him to do that if the crowd is behind him, they keep him in a positive place. They keep cheering him on. You have Gimelstab with the fist pump up in the box, you know, looking directly at him. I think the energy of this match, because if Isner goes down an early break in the early sets, you know, it's going to be tough for him. You know, the Delpo fans are going to be there. They always are. And, and I, I really do think it comes because it, Isner's going to have to be so locked in. I think the only way he's locked in enough is if the crowd has his back. And I know that's a that's a very arbitrary take. Uh but I but I Alex, really like tennis wise, what like what am I gonna say? Yeah, if Isner tactically attacks the backhand and can lull Del Delpo's into backhand slices like every opponent does in every match, he hasn't dropped his set yet all week, so Isner's still f-
2: So I basically just said your take is ridiculous, no matter what happens with the crowd, that it's gonna be a straight set victory for Delpo.
1: And that is a perfectly reasonable take and Again, look, I probably have a little too much uh, Cocaine Stokowiak in me. I'm just looking for an X-Factor here. Something that will propel Isner over Del Potro, because as you mentioned, tennis-wise, <laughs> it's going to be difficult for him. I think the crowd. I think that's his one shot at doing it. I think, you know what, you get my take. I, I I think Del Potro's a favorite as well. I'm going to agree with you. I'm going to say Del Po in... Yeah, Honestly, straight sets the two of them again. are tiebreakers. Alright, with that, let's move on to our next match because uh, we'll have Fligner what? come in real quick first. Chilich, Nishikori, flegner who you got?
0: Uh I gotta go with Chilich for that. I think he's uh I think he's playing well. He's hitting through the court. Uh, Nishikori does doesn't look confident ever. <laughs> I disagree with you there. I think Nishikori has looked
1: a lot better these last two rounds, at least. And you look at the career head-to-head. Interesting here, you'd think given his size, Chilch may be imposing. But, uh, you know, Nishikori leads their career head-to-head 8-6 overall. Last match they played, Nishikori beat Chilch 6-4, 6-7, 6-3 in the 2018 Monte Carlo quarterfinal. Their last hard court meeting, they played at the ATP World Tour Finals in 2016. Chilch knocked out Nishikori 3-6, 6-2, 6-3 then. And You look at their paths to get here for Chilich. He knocks out Go, he knocks out Copel. Rothen, this is why you don't do the outline because your names are so out of order. He knocks out Copel round one, Herkic round two, Diminuer round three, do this, and dips. Go. Yes, you did. You did the bottom two.
2: I literally all I did was okay,
1: <laughs> either way. Kopel, Perkach, Dimenauer in five, and Gofen in three. For Nishikori, he knocked out Martyr, Monfils, Schwarzman, and Kohlschreiber. Uh, only the Schwartzman match went beyond three sets. That one went four, but the Monfils one went two, so I suppose those even out. Rothman... I don't even know who I want to win this match. I I just wanted it to be a Djokovic delpo Final, and whatever has to happen to get there, let it be. So, um, who's your favorite? Yeah,
2: I, I mean, I agree. I agree with you. I unfortunately think this is going to be a five-setter that goes to Chilich. I think Nishikori is going to play a great two sets here and there, and Chilich is going to do what he did against Diminar and just like somehow pull it out in a fifth.
1: I'm down with that take. I have nothing to add. I think Chilich. When he plays well, he, you know, he's succeeded. Obviously, he won a U.S. Open. He's got that confidence. I think Nishikori's ball will be in his strike zone. He'll be able to take balls early. Although, if Nishikori keeps playing like in the aggressor he was today against Cole Schreiber, look out. When he's hitting balls down the line outside of the alley like he has been in, in his recent matches, he's as tough as anyone. I think this could be our— I mean, all of these matches are going to be so good. I think this is the one that for sure goes five sets. I think Chilich ends up taking it in five. Uh, but with that— Let's move on to our blockbuster match. This is the quarterfinal, and this also assumes Roger Federer takes out Millman later tonight, which, again, we are assuming he is. If not, this whole portion of the podcast will be moot, but still. Roger Federer and Novak Djokovic taking on each other for record-extending 16th time at a major. Djokovic leads those encounters 9-6. Before we get into the breakdown of this, Rothman, it's time for everyone's favorite of the show. Fligner, actually. Can you hear the game show sound effect, please. It's time for this week's Alex's trivia. So Rothman, we know the Federer Djokovic, we'll call it a rivalry, has seen many highs, many lows, just a lot of great matches over the years. Can you name, without cheating on the outline, like I know you did, how many finals these see, guys have see, played? See, it's in? funny.
2: I actually. I actually, ha- I didn't even know we were doing trivia this time, so whatever I say here it it's just off the dome Um, I know so Djokovic is the only player to have winning records against both Nadal and Federer. Which, when um, we get into a so- GOAT
1: debate with Gordonette in the post-US Open podcast, that's something I plan on bringing up repeatedly
2: Yeah, of course Um, So, I'm gonna go, I- I'm pretty sure that Djokovic has the lead on whatever finals or excuse me whatever grand slam wins he has over Fed. true. Um, I, I mean I know they've got a couple. Just um, give me a number. So I I, I think they've uh, So Djokovic has I can see your eyes so I 12. know you're trying to lie. I'm, I'm looking I'm watching Sharapova and Navarro <laughs> right now as I'm answering this question. Um I think Djokovic – what, Djokovic has, what, 12 – or excuse me, 10 grandsons? No, I
1: think it's, like, 13 or 14. How many does Djokovic have lately? 13. 13. No, I think you're right. I think it's four. I think it's 13,
2: man. right. So it would be ridiculous to say, like, half of them are with Fed. I don't think that's true because I know a bunch have been with Nadal. Um, I don't know. Two or three? So the answer is four. They've
1: played – and Djokovic is three and one – Djokovic beat Fed 2014 Wimbledon, 2015 Wimbledon, 2015 U.S. Open Finals. Fed beat Djokovic 07 U.S. Open Final. Uh, Again, 16th meeting at a major. Djokovic leads 9-6. You talk about their career head-to-heads. Djokovic leads 24-22. And the last time they played Djokovic beat Federer in Cincy 4-4 for the title. Uh, Their last Grand Slam matchup, 2016 Aussie Semifinal. Djokovic won that encounter 6-1, 6-2, 3-6, 6-3. In a match, I'm sure, had Fligner in the fetal position trying to figure out who to root for. Uh, again, you look at their pass to get here. Djokovic takes out Fuksovics in four, Sangren in four, but has looked really good in his last two matches against Gasquet and Sami Sosa, taking them out both in three sets. For Federer, he takes out Nishioka, he takes out Benoit, he takes out Kyrios, and he's... <laughs> I do like this part of your outline, and he's about to beat Millman in straight sets. That That's pretty funny. <laughs> uh, I mean... We'll go to you, Fleener, because again, you're. I'm worried that if we talk about this match too long, your head will explode. Who's your favorite, and what's
0: your pick? <laughs> Which match are we talking about again? <laughs> uh, this is your go-to, Federer, Djokovic. My go-to. Huh. Um, you're right. I was, and probably will be in the fetal position again, but. Uh, I'm going to go with the goat on this one. Djokovic? No. <laughs> I don't know who you Come mean. Come on. I mean, no, obviously I'm Djokovic till I die, but I mean, if I'm being objective, Federer looks better. Really? I think he looks better.
1: Rothman, do you agree with that point?
2: No. I, I think that Djokovic has looked absurd. I think his he's back at peak performance. I Obviously, you know... Obviously, Fed has routed his opponents before this, all in three sets, and Djokovic hasn't. Um, but again, I think Djokovic against Salso looked great. I think that he is starting to play better and better throughout the tournament. And I, I don't know. I just I think after his recent results on the tour, I think he's about to bring home either a in a U.S. Open title or a US Open finalist trophy. Well, again So the, uh, I think this match is going to Djokovic. The
1: longer these matches go, uh, the the more I favor Djokovic. Just because, again, if he can make this a physical matchup, given his age, given that his strength has always been his fitness, he's got to be the favorite. I mean, tactically, there's nothing left to break down. If Federer serves well, he's going to have a chance to win. If Djokovic is <laughs> f-ing Novak Djokovic, he always has a chance to win. It's going to be a barn burner, and so rather than waste time with a breakdown, let's just go straight picks, Rothman. Who you got, how many sets, and what's the X factor in this match?
2: I've got Joker in either four or five. Um, I will say, if Fed is able to play the way he did against Kyrgios in that first slash beginning of second set, this, this could be a, a three set another three-set route for Fed. Uh, I think Fed does have the potential to pull just some craziness out and you know, play the, the godlike tennis that he can play. Um, but I, I agree. I think Djokovic's fitness, the heat being what it is right now, has the advantage as long as he can push this match to four or five sets. I think that's the, the biggest factor. I completely agree with
1: you. I think Rafa Nadal said it best. When Djokovic plays like this, you just can't beat him. And he's just too fit and on a court that's this slow it's so hard to get a ball by him i've got to take the joker in four i i just i really think he is playing that well and i i just maybe i just really want the Djokovic del potro final so i'm going to just roll with that you know again if fed plays well it's going to be because he's serving well and that's how he's going to win the match and he's going to have to hit some volleys maybe go around the net post and it's going to be phenomenal tennis again circle it on your dvr make sure it's being recorded because it's not a match you're going to want to miss. This is the type of matches we all dream about for these Grand Slam appearances. But okay, with that, a little bit of a shorter pod today, which I think we're both happy about. But there is one thing we have to do before we leave, and you know what that is. Fliegner, cue the drum roll, please. It's time for this week's Changeover Chat.
2: The changeover chat.
1: It was funny. I thought your screen paused, but clearly you were just loading up for that beautiful rendition of the changeover chat. So thank you, as always, Maxi. Oh, yeah. You know, not a lot of winners and losers, so I'm just going to read mine really quick. If you have anything to add, feel free to. Uh, Biggest winners, I think the fans of the Federer, Nadal, Djokovic, uh, Holy Trinity. Uh, You know, if you want to see them in the latest stages, you are going to get that opportunity now. My second biggest winner, Crack Racket CEO, Dalton Thieneman, who got to watch Isner Rayonovich in person, courtesy of a ticket left to him by John Isner. So any smack talk we talked about the Isner Rayonich match with Flickner, be sure you cut it out because, uh, you know, he's our guy now, I guess. And then number three, people, I yeah, guess. Number three, people who want to see good tennis because these quarterfinal matches are going to be f- insane.
2: Yeah, you, you said it. Um, for my three winners, I'm gonna go ahead and first say, uh, the ball boys and girls and the cherums. Good for you guys. It's, uh, we just keep talking about the heat and humidity great for the point. players. They're all, they're all out there working their ass off too. So you, you all are winners as well. Um, another winner also gonna go with the fans. You know, they're, they've been great all tournament, they're gonna continue to be great. Uh, the other biggest winner I'm going to go with... People who got to spend their Memorial Day
1: outside because this
2: tennis sucked. Sure. <laughs> you, you can use that as my third. I didn't really have a third. There, there weren't a lot of winners well, in, in this Like round. I said
1: early on, we're perfect harmony. I'm where you're not, you're where I'm not. It always works out well.
2: Always. So let's talk
1: about our biggest losers then. Uh, I'm going to start again. What'd you have? For me, church's fight with his sweat, I mean... <laughs> Doesn't get any worse than that. That was that was that was a fun one. That redeemed the day last uh, yesterday night. Uh, my second again, people. I mentioned this earlier. People who had Labor Day off and had to watch today instead of round three, instead of getting Shapovalov, Anderson, and Diminauer, Chilich, and Hachanov, Kachnov Nadal, uh, they they got you know Chilich, Gofen and Djokovic, Sammy Sosa, and Federer, Milman, it's like. Ugh. Um, and then number three, Jeez. My, my biggest losers, maybe of the first week of the tournament, the Westoff family, who rank 52nd, 64th, and 67th, respectfully, in our topia competition. Yeah. I know Definitely. Daniel, number 52, Julie, number 64, Blake, number 67. Westoff's roommate Ben is also, I think, second to last. Although I'm pretty sure his bracket was just a joke, but that that is really bad.
0: You just said respectfully instead of yeah.
1: It's... Oh, sorry, respectively. Thank you. Hey, great shot to me, Fligner. Um, yeah, they 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 suck. I have it in the outline as respectively, so at least give me credit right, there. Yeah, uh, you. but yeah, poor performance from the Westoff families. Who are your losers?
2: Um, I am gonna go with just Chorich in general as far as his play. Um, was expecting a, at least a little more. But keep in mind, he made the by, round of so.
1: sixteen. These other guys can't say the same thing.
2: Right. Yeah, no, I mean, that that for sure is a, a W from last week. Uh, from this week, it's, <laughs> yeah. it's just the fact that he couldn't have played a little bit better. Um, another L, I'm going to go ahead and, and say Michigan. I don't know if I brought that up last pot as an L, but Michigan sucks, <laughs> and it's sad. Um, no, it's not related to tennis, but it's on my mind. And then the last L... Oh, Our have, microphones... Oh for sucking so badly and the last l uh sorry for calling them l's there's that's just how i how i think of them there's big l's little l's big dubs and, and little dubs you know there's a lot of big l's in life i'm and trying to finish this pot early just with, name with
1: <laughs> loss
2: <laughs> uh airline prices i would be at the <laughs> u.s open if my if my freaking ticket didn't cost me a $1,000. Well, is, so. is there
1: step one is leaving us tickets? Step two is flying us out on his plane. So it's all just, it's in the works. Just trust me. Yep. Uh, all right. But then with that, let's do our very last thing of the podcast. You know, the commentators have gotten a lot of <laughs> from the team at crack Rackets. But one thing they brought up, I thought, during the Nishi Kohlschreiber match that was fascinating was they had a discussion where they were asked to name their top active players without a slam brad gilbert's list one ferrer two birdage three sangha four nishikori five zverev it's a fascinating debate i thought that one was really
2: interesting alex um i would love to have this debate right now but i think this and the next gen debate could be at its own pod we've i i know it we've already gone an hour five and i know there's stuff to cut but this could be a sick dual debate. debate All right, that's hub. fine. I'm
1: down. I'm down. Don't need to explain. Totally, okay. down. totally not, down. Not
2: that I'm like trying to leave or anything. Okay. Just literally, so I feel like. No, the, no, me, no, no. But you're no, trying no, to No, 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 I'm not. Like I, I the change I feel, over I chat. No,
1: I agree. It deserves its own. It yeah, it deserves I don't want to like. Yeah, anyways. Yeah. Okay, well, on that note, one last thing I want to do before we go. We have to have some fun stats to end it. So two stats from our guys, Luca Brownshay and Jonathan Kelly on Twitter uh, from Luca dominic team first austrian player in a u.s open quarterfinal since thomas muster and it says 1196 on the on the outline but in actuality it was 1996 so you know ends a long drought there for austrian tennis between that between sosa's round of 16 for portugal between basilisville for georgia we've had a lot of firsts this tournament so a lot of firsts in a while so i'm glad to see it and then the other one Max, can you name the only male player to reach a quarterfinal in both singles and doubles of a Grand Slam this year? Top of your head, don't look. Top of your head, don't look. You may have no, no, I actually
2: didn't. Quarterfinals of singles and dubs.
1: Yep, of a Grand Slam. Anderson? And it, 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 it's not Anderson. My thought was, is it Sock? But it's not Sock. That's when I found out who this was. It is an American, though. A name that'll surprise you. Who's made the quarterfinals in terms of Americans and singles? It's a it's a very Isner? short list. Not Isner, the other one. Think back to Australia. Wait, did Stevie? Frigner <laughs> quack this out? He's a.
2: Oh wow, tennis! I know tennis Sandgren. That's I our forgot, guy. I forgot makes that he made finals. the quarters of Australian.
0: I
1: know what a result that was, right? He took out team. I know. <laughs> Good for him. I know that was I know, that was quite a bit ago i agree and it just shows what a season it has been a ton of fun we'll have a lot of stuff to reflect on at once this event comes to an end and you know a little sneak peek for that as well if you're tuning in uh you know you'll want to see our live show but also we've got a Jonathan Kelly guest appearance scheduled for right after the US Open to break down the state of american men's tennis at this point in the year so that'll be a fun one to stick around for as well and again Go check out our website, CrackedRackets.com, to recap any of the action from this year's U.S. Open.
2: Also, Alex, I'm going to go ahead and, and throw in, I, I feel like I've been doing this you know, here and there in our pods, either a quote or a fun fact, and so we're going to call it Max's Facts. Um, I was Hold on, was, hold on. Max's Facts is
1: so brilliant, and y- will you ask Westoff for a Max's Facts sound effect? <music>
2: So I was uh thinking about, you know, what what makes all these players more human, whatever it is that that makes them a little bit more personable, uh more relatable and so uh, I was listening to some some commentary that I actually did enjoy listening to this time. And it turns out Djokovic, both of his parents and his uncle were uh professional skiers and it turns out Djokovic himself uh almost could have been a professional skier and so Djokovic, if somehow you are ever happening to listen to this, we would love to ski with you, and I'm sure a lot of the other (laughs) fans would too. So I don't think he would want to ski with
1: me. You saw me skiing. First of all, that's a story for another time how you (sighs) ditched me on the mountain day one. You're like, oh, you'll be fine, and I literally have to hike my ski,
2: like carrying my skis down because it doesn't work. It's like uh, it's like you know how certain animals, like the mother and child relationship, they just kind of let them go, and that's like the best. You way for are not them to the learn. parent in
1: this scenario <laughs> under any circumstance. So when I we're on the ski
2: slopes, I definitely am. <laughs> that might be true. All I remember is yelling pizza, pizza, <laughs> not <laughs> French fries. Like, yeah,
1: <laughs> exactly. But then, all right. On that note, as always, huge thank you to our super producers Max Figner and Daniel Westhoff, who make us sound way better than we actually are and as always have a f- an editing job to do you know huge shout out to the entire cracked rackets team and as always a huge shout out to you maxwell labauer for putting up with me taking the time to do this because you know when it's round four and these matches aren't great it can be a little bit of a grind for us, but it's never a grind when we get to have fun talking amongst ourselves. Yeah,
2: right? I mean, as long as you don't make me wait three hours, I'm I'm happy to do it. You know, so this sounds like good.
1: 45 minutes. I yeah. improved two hours by two hours
2: 15 minutes. Exactly, and, and that, that's jump. expected. I, I usually usually a lot of 45 minute Alex delay, so this was <laughs> this was perfect. Hey,
1: some people say 45 minutes is a good amount of time. Getting back it's to our fa- sex it's fashionably late. We should definitely end
2: on <laughs> <Yeah>. that. <but. laughs> all right uh, again
1: on that note one last time for our super producers daniel westoff and max fligner for my wonderful co-host maxwell labauer rothman i'm your host alex gruskin and max what do we say to our fans hey great shot beautiful as great always <laughs> beautiful as always and i'll <laughs> see you next time great out by you maxi great job by you alexander